Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here. It is April 27th, 2018, an afternoon show. I am the managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, and of course, FightfulSelect.com. This show brought to you ad-read-free by FightfulSelect.com. Of course, over at Fightful.com and Fightful Wrestling, we give you all your breaking news, exclusive news, uh, your podcasts, your interviews, videos, really anything that you could ask for in a pro wrestling site from uh, exclusive breaking news all the way to all the stuff I mentioned. Uh, We give you all that. We have also launched FightfulSelect.com, which is an additional premium service. Uh, Nothing that you you have come to love on Fightful.com has moved over there. Instead, it is all new content. I break down the Fightful Wrestling Weekly, which is uh, my column, my weekly column, of exclusive behind-the-scenes information. I talk 205 Live, NXT, New Japan, Ring of Honor. We have Q&A podcasts, retro review podcasts. I just filmed one for SummerSlam 2000. That was a lot of fun. We have members-only shows where we talk a little bit of non-wrestling. We have extended segments. You can get early access to interviews and segments that won't be up for months. Also, you get early access to the Fightful Weekly and tons of uh, news tidbits here and there as well. Go check out FightfulSelect.com. It supports Fightful.com. So uh, give it a glance. But without further ado, it is time to talk Greatest Royal Rumble. So, of course, when this thing was put together, many expected that it was going to be a glorified house show. And I think that, unfortunately, despite the pageantry, that's what it ended up being. That being said, I don't think it was like a terrible show or anything. It was just a five-hour-long house show with special matches and fireworks. That's what this show ended up being. However, 
I can stand a five-hour house show with fireworks a lot more when it starts at noon Eastern. And I'm not talking about it at 11 at night or midnight or, or something like that. We had this hour pre-show with no matches. Not a one. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. People asking me where Sami Zayn is. I do not know. He has been radio silent on social media. But let's go ahead and get into it. We have the greatest Royal Rumble kicked off by John Cena and Triple H. Uh, early on, it was very awkward. Like a, a lot of the people were still getting sat down. This is why I think they should have done a match on the pre-show. Because people aren't going to find their way to their seats until that first match happens. They'll be off dicking around at concessions or talking to their neighbors, all kinds of stuff like that. They're not going to be sat down, but that's what we ran into here. And <laughs> over in Saudi Arabia, they had these big like living room chairs for people to sit in. It'd be kind of funny if they got to take those home, like like uh, the pay-per-view chairs that they have in uh, in America or Canada or really wherever else with the, uh, the faces all over them. But... Uh, you know, I got to be honest, I would not have watched that pre-show at all had I known there were no matches. That was ridiculous. Like, come on, man. Like, y'all had to have an hour for that? Not 30? Not 30 minutes? Mm. John Cena gets a great reaction and fireworks, but nobody was paying attention to this match. WWE was obviously very, like, really trying to avoid the hard camera because that's what saw all the people that were having trouble finding their seats and and sitting down so that you had a lot of a lot of things from the the, the side angles and the outside the ring angles a little odd of course we get a sleeper hold in the opening match of a five-hour show it's always good Cena or triple h steals cena's back suplex and five knuckle shuffle Cena goes for a flying hurricane runner or maybe it was his diving fame ass or i'm not sure but triple h catches him with what one announcer called a a spine buster, but it was more of a power bomb. It was ugly as shit, whatever it was. It got a two count. Cena applies an STF. Triple H gets out. Hits a good spine buster this time. AA by Cena, but Triple H kicks out. Pedigree, two count. STF countered into a cross face. Then Cena hits an AA. I loved, I loved the finish. He hit an AA. He rolled through. Catapulted Triple H into the turnbuckle, hit another AA and won. This was a house show main event. You'll hear me echoing this sentiment over and over again. I thought more of the story was Cena afterwards. Woke Cena. And you you better be sure that John Cena knows what every single syllable and what he says means. He is incredibly cognizant of that. If you don't believe me, go back and watch the interview, I think, with CNN back in the day where they talked to him about steroids. And WWE had the wherewithal to send a camera team there to talk, to to film it as well. But he is very, very careful about what he says, and he knows that his words carry weight. And he says, quote, what an honor it is to be allowed to be a part of this event, end quote. Now, I'm not getting into the politics of this show. On here, we've done it on tons of shows before this. I don't think it's necessary to do it on this show. But I think that he said that with a reason. And John Cena is rather outspoken about his, his willingness for equality, to, uh, for equality uh, around the globe. So I think that he knows what, what that means. And then he says, 
no matter what is going on in my universe, I had to be there or be here. You know that's getting used on Total Divas. You know it. Man. Fine match. Whatever. My my match ratings for this and every pay-per-view go up on Fightful.com right after. I have Raw and SmackDown match ratings that I post the following mornings. Also, uh, throughout the month, I will also post my match ratings for the retro reviews that I do kind of as a promotion to get you all to tune into FightfulSelect.com. Up next, we had a WWE Cruiserweight Championship match. Honestly, I thought this was the best match of the night. It went 10 minutes, 15 seconds. The Cena-Triple H match went 15-45. Early on, you see why, I don't know, you you don't put this match beginning or at the start because it's kind of hard to finish it. They were really displaying their athleticism early on. Somebody asks where my earbuds are. I don't need my earbuds if I'm not listening to anybody. Uh, (laughs) The athleticism that was on display here was just really great. Kalisto hit a slingshot springboard uh, somersault sent onto the outside. That means he slingshotted from inside to the outside of the ring. Once he was on his way down, he hit the second rope and then did a somersault sent on. This was as good a work as Kalisto has ever had in WWE. My God, this was his crowning moment as far as in the ring goes. He had a good 10-minute uh, match with Cedric, a championship match at that. I was very, very impressed because a lot of the t- a lot of times when I see Kal- Kalisto, man, he's just so corny and just eh, not what I want to watch. And the Lucha chant is so lame. He tried to get it going there. Didn't work. I loved some of the camera angles, the new ones that they brought in, where they start from uh, like the top of the canopy and then they slide down. Then there was one from the ramp that shot all the way in, but it was elevated a little bit. They had one about where the timekeeper sits. All those were good. Do some of those things on the main roster here and there. Make it the norm. Give us different. Give us new. Give us fresh. We like that type of stuff. Cedric hits an insane drop kick, but when Kalisto gets going, he is just unbelievable in this match. I think that Cedric sells being loopy really, really well as uh, as well. Uh, it's not every it's easy or it's not as easy for everyone to transition from pro wrestling footwork, which has to be really precise, into selling and selling footwork where you can stumble around and get the skittery feet, as Billy Gunn calls it. Kalisto hit a seated springboard Spanish fly. So they're on the top rope and they're in Spanish fly position. Kalisto drops to his ass and does without split legged, does the Rob Van Dam split legged deal and hits a Spanish fly. That was one of the best moves I've seen in uh, uh, this year in WWE. It was incredible. Uh, The Salida del Sol is countered into the lumbar check, Cedric retains. This was, to me, the only must-watch wa- must match on the show. We did have a title change, but only because it had to change. <laughs> the Deleter of Worlds defeated The Bar to become the WWE Raw Tag Team Champions in about 8 minutes and 50 seconds. A Senor Benjamin reference is made. Michael Cole says that he's been, uh, he being Senior Benjamin is coming after Cole on Twitter. It always looks like Matt Hardy is hurting these days, but he's walked that way since 2003. 
they hit, they being the leader of worlds, hit a running senton and leg drop combo. I mentioned recently that we don't often see the old school hand-holding double clotheslines anymore. I think I mentioned that on a retro review. But the bar did one where they hugged each other <laughs> at the clothesline. Uh, also, I, I would say it's good that Matt is tagging again. Maybe it'd be easier on his body. But he's going to be the babyface in peril an awful lot because Bray Wyatt's never been a babyface. So he's he's got to get those babyface hot tags. The bar, uh, they've adopted the decapitator. And I had a note that Matt Hardy didn't modify the side effect for the easier bump like he had done in, in previous weeks. Sheamus sets up for his kick, but he is creeped out by the crab walk. Okay. Sister Abigail, a kind of clunky, elevated twist of fate. That wins it for the leader of worlds. The bar are now on SmackDown. Yeah. Okay. Now this was one of those. I wrote that, I wrote that feature earlier this week. And Alex, Alex was right, man. I wrote uh, hats or tip of the hat to WWE for keeping us guessing because the way that a lot of these matches were constructed, the titles could have changed back and forth and back and forth and back and forth over the next couple of weeks. They went full house show mode on this. They didn't switch anything. And now it's at the point, there's no title in the Raw versus SmackDown match again uh, between Reigns and Joe. Um, the bar didn't switch back, whatever. Uh, Jinder Mahal, there's no Raw versus SmackDown Backlash U.S. title match. There's no Raw versus SmackDown Inter- – well, there is a Raw versus SmackDown Intercontinental title match, but there's no indication that that would switch hands because of the United States title being out of rematches on Raw. So whatever, man. Let's talk about this shit show that was Jeff Hardy and Jinder Mahal for the United States Championship. It goes about six minutes. I gave it uh, probably my worst match rating of any – men's WWE match this year got a 1.5 out of 10 from me early on I had put out a tweet that said Jinder Mahal was out working Jeff Hardy and he was through their first like four minutes and 30 seconds Jinder Mahal was trying to make up for a lot of Jeff Hardy's garbage man Mahal went for this gut buster and if you saw I think it was the Jeff Hardy match a couple weeks ago Jinder did the gut buster, and when he lands on his back, he wanted Jeff to not hit his knees and then pin him, and that, that's what happened. He did that here, but Jeff didn't pick up what he was putting down, so Jinder just had to lay there and look at him. It was so awkward. But then, and, and, and you see Jeff Hardy, he was just off, off a step for the next several minutes. Then there's this whisper in the wind spot, and this is one of the worst spots I've seen since the – Bubba Ray Dudley, when he's going to powerbomb a guy and the ref has to pretend that he's getting he got hit with the dude's foot. Now, on that spot, the ref would have had to have been like right up the dude's ass to get hit with the foot. Jinder Mahal had all the time in the world, man. All the time in the world to get in place for this spot because Jeff Hardy was real slow getting to the top rope. It was so slow that I wonder if Jinder even thought that Jeff was going up there. But even if he didn't, like, I don't know, man. It was bad. Jeff Hardy missed by a mile and gender bumped well after. It was bad. Then Hardy was really sloppy on the Coloss reversal. Twist of fate, Swanton pin. This was dog shit bad, my man. This was terrible. This week for Fightful Select, I had to watch The Cat versus Terry. 
that was real bad. This one almost got the same. I gave Cat versus Terry a 0.25. This is the men's equivalent of that. Because that was a thong stink face match, but we all got stink faced in this match. Jinder Mahal and Jeff Hardy both pulled down their pants, exposed their thongs, and rubbed their asses all over our faces for this one. Man, this was bad. How y'all like that subtle plug for FightfulSelect.com? Check it out. It supports the site. This was real bad. And I I think that some of Jinder Mahal's, uh, not some, the best work Jinder Mahal has ever had in WWE has been the last two weeks, but not this. This was so bad on both parts, but yes, Jinder Mahal was outworking Jeff Hardy in the first four and a half minutes of this, but ooh, that spot was so bad. Bludgeon Brothers retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships over the Usos in five minutes. Rowan hits a pump handle backbreaker, but the Usos take over with super kicks and suicide dives. The Usos hit corner boots and stereo, then a super kick party. The Usos splash can't win it for them, but the full Nelson powerbomb does it for the Bludgeon Brothers. This is just what I mentioned, man. Like, What more can I say about this match? It was a five-minute match. That's the way the Bludgeon Brothers matches are. I don't know that they're particularly getting over the way WWE wanted them to. Hmm. I, I don't know what to make of it. I like I like the Bludgeon Brothers as a team. We'll see what happens, but WWE has been in a real holding pattern lately, and instead of getting creative with it on this show and adding some juice to Backlash, it became holding pattern bullshit, man. You're not going to see me this negative about a show very often. Backstage, Chris Jericho's there and puts Tom Rome, also known as Mike Rome, on the list, and then the cameraman. We see a video about progression in Saudi Arabia. I mean, a lot of people think it's propaganda. I don't really, I'm not that educated on the politics of Saudi Arabia, so you can take it however you want. Daniel Bryan also interviewed backstage. We see a training video which will come into play later on oh boy intercontinental championship ladder match seth rollins defends and defeats smackdown samoa joe and the miz and raw's finn balor in 15 minutes i thought this was a very good match it was a 90 style ladder match seth has new gear it's odd to see miz there by himself as kyler pointed out on our social media Balor gets a tope con Hilo early, then double stomps Joe on a ladder. Uh, we see Balor and Rollins get pushed off, pushed off the ladder. This is what I mean when I said it was a 1990s type ladder match. There were no like big spots where ladders break and diving from the inside to the outside. It was pretty elementary, solid, good work. Nothing wrong with that. Not wanting anybody to get stitched up, like put, put 30 stitches in their face in Saudi Arabia. So uh, Miz tries to make a partnership with Joe work. It does not work. (laughs) Joe slams Balor on a ladder, throws Rollins into another one. We get a mini Tower of Doom and another Dove cries. Skull-crushing finale on the ladder. I think that was the best spot of the match. Joe took that hard, real hard, my man, real hard. Four characters that I care about competing in a title match that matters with a ladder in the ring. It was good. It was good. Coup de Gras on The Miz, who is laying on the ladder. Then a double stomp on Joe out of a coquina clutch reversal. I love that spot. 
and uh, Balor and Joe do it quick enough to make it look like Joe's not waiting on him. So that's good. Finn Balor is climbing the ladder. And then Rollins does the springboard. It was the old Shelton Benjamin spot, although Shelton didn't didn't win the match. And then uh, Rollins just climbs up and grabs it quicker. No over-the-top spots in the match, but it was solid, good stuff. I like the finish, man. If you're going to play it relatively safe, a ladder match like this, go ahead and do it. Now, I would kind of like to see the Intercontinental title on SmackDown, but that was more to just keep us guessing through Backlash. That way we didn't have another week of blah, SmackDown and Raw TV. It freshes things up a little bit. I, just, I don't like the U.S. title. I'm not a big fan of the, the U.S. title design, to be honest with you. But Seth Rollins looks right with that Intercontinental title. You can kind of extend out the Miz program and his deal whenever he ties the record because Miz is going to be there for a long time. He will tie that record. He will break the all-time uh, reign record. Where was Drew McIntyre? Not there. They might not want him to get beat yet. I, I don't know why he wasn't there. There were a lot of people who weren't there. They didn't double up on anybody in the uh, in the Greatest Royal Rumble either. So we have this Saudi Arabia versus Iran segment. This is going to get some unique reactions. This is cornier than the dump that I take after a Cracker Barrel meal. The ones I used to take, their corn isn't that good. I won't get it anymore. The Saudi Arabia tryout guys are confronted by the Divari brothers. That being Sean and Arya. Sean Divari's first WWE appearance in, gosh, almost a decade. Peach tea, y'all. From Arby's, it's delicious. It's the only thing I get from there. So this got the most heat of anything else on the show. What can you say about that? I get it. It worked with their heavy long-term religious and political conflicts between these two sides. The Saudis uh, beat up the Iranians. I will say that one of the trainees did uh, just an awesome job milking that body slam of Sean Devari. He just walked around, walked around, and it was the old school body slam. It's the trainee body slam. Not the one where you have the head on the in- or the arm on the inside of the head. Or you have it on the outside of the head, which I think is a little more dangerous. It depending because that way the person can't tuck their chin on their own. It's just it's it's just tough. I'll try to explain it to you as best I can because I had somebody that wanted me to. So if you go back and look at how the guy body slammed Davari, it's not wrong or anything. There's multiple ways of doing a body slam. He's holding Davari like like Mark Henry's about to do the world's strongest slam, right? That's that's one of the first ways most people are taught. They get them, they bring them over the top, then they scoop the head and slam. Some people just go ahead, put their arm on the inside of the head, go deep within the crotch. That is a legit line from the Cat and Terry Reynolds match too, by the way. Scoop them up like that, and they have the head cradled. That way the person taking the move can tuck the chin already. Man, I hate to to bring up Pac-Man Jones, but when I taught somebody how to do one for like a a celebrity spot in in an indie show we did, I had them look at when Pac-Man Jones showed up in Impact Wrestling. And Kazarian and Christopher Daniels had him and another Bengal 
in the suplex spot. And that was so Pac-Man Jones and the other Bengal could have their head cradled already, just had to reach down between the legs, scoop and body slam. That's that's a quick way to learn. But the way that this guy did it, I loved it because he didn't do it that way. He might not have even been taught the second way, but he was able to walk around the ring with Davari and the crowd was eating it up, man. They were They were loving it. Loving it. I joked that it was going to be awkward when Iron Sheik won the greatest Royal Rumble, considering he's from Iran because he couldn't take the bump over the top rope. I'm funny. What can I say? WWE Championship match. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura goes to a double countout at 14-25. I liked this match. I do not miss hearing Michael Cole call Nakamura Shin. Nakamura works just so much better as uh, a heel in WWE. He eats a great dropkick from Styles early. Again, the camera work here, uh, the new camera angles, rather, pretty good. Stellar work and counters. Styles rolls into a calf crusher. This 15 minutes flew by, or 14 and a half minutes flew by. Flew by. Nakamura, I noticed, he doesn't turn his hips on a lot of his kicks, especially in Enziguri. I know a lot of people who won't throw an Enziguri like that because they're afraid they might break their ankle if they connect on somebody's head. Because if you do connect on somebody's head and you don't turn your hip and catch them with the instep, sometimes your 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 ankle will bounce off their head, and somebody's head's a lot harder than your ankle bone. So that can be kind of rough. So I wonder why he does it like that. He does that with a lot of his kicks, but I mean that that's just his style. That's just something that he does. There's a Nakamura armbar that gets stacked into a pin, then a Pele kick. Then Nakamura punches AJ Styles in the penis. Punches AJ Styles in the penis. Shinsuke cock Nakamura, y'all. But Styles is in the ropes. Both men battle outside. They get counted out. I thought it was a cheap finish, but you got to get to backlash, I guess. Styles hits Nakamura with a chair, slingshots outside with a forearm. <laughs> Somebody on, on our comment board says, I love that the guy hosting the show breaks news and then screams about penis punching. That's what I do, guys. If you're covering pro wrestling and you can't have fun reviewing it and covering the show, I don't know what you're doing here. Don't ever take yourself too seriously. This was a good match. I thought it was better than the WrestleMania match. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Backlash match as well. I think it'll be good. This was a lot better, and it bridged the gap, but it was it, at least this furthered a storyline a little bit. Like, at what point... First off, does AJ Styles not get a cup? But as I saw somebody say on Twitter, he's going to reveal the cup and be like, ha, 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 and then Nakamura's going to punch him in the dick again, and it's going to be hilarious. Somebody on the comment board, Ole Sammy Ole, says, Davari brothers need to be a regular tag team. Yeah, they need to add them to the uh, 205 Live tag team division for sure. Casket match time. Undertaker defeated Rusev at 15 and a half minutes. By the way, I will take your questions after this, guys. Aiden English gets a nice Rusev Day reaction. The Undertaker's entrance is always the thing I'm interested in early, and then I just give up on like 20% in. Rusev powders out, comes back in, lands some strikes. 
stupid camera cuts when they're punching each other in the corners just over and over and over. Rusev got a lot more offense than John Cena did, and the match was about five times longer. I did not see that coming. I expected a three- or four-minute match where Undertaker just chokeslam and then tombstone Aiden English, yada, yada. No. He had old school, then Rusev gets creeped out by the casket because, you know, all of Undertaker's opponents are scared of the casket. Uh, (laughs) I was surprised to see Undertaker do an apron leg drop. I thought if anything, if anything... That, that that would be the move that he eliminated. Because, one, I can't imagine it's easy on the hip. Hulk Hogan can't do leg drops anymore because of his hip. So for Undertaker to do one on the apron, that's rough, man. That's a tough one. He did it, though. There's a booyah spot that Rusev sells really well. Rusev did a good job getting the crowd. Uh, the crowd was into this. Rusev did a really good job of healing. Uh, speaking of healing, he hits a spinning heel kick. Ah, he'll have to abandon that one when he turns babyface. Or you can call it the spinning face kick. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's the afternoon. I am just wild, you guys. <laughs> I wondered if the Cena match with Taker was just because Taker wasn't healthy, but here he is working a full length match. It wasn't a, wasn't a great match or anything. Wasn't, you know, but it was there and the crowd cared about it. Accolade isn't locked on. Undertaker misses a choke slam, but managed to land one after another strike trade. Rusev is in the casket, but English interferes. Choke slam, tombstone, and both English and Rusev are beaten. This wasn't a great match from a wrestling perspective, but the crowd liked it, so whatever. On my scale, my ratings that I publish, it's not like a star rating thing. It's, it starts at five. It goes up or down accordingly. This landed right back at a five out of ten because you know, the, they didn't mess up anything, but the match just the match was kind of boring, but the crowd was into it. So it was ultimately five out of ten is harmless for me. Fireworks for Undertaker after the win. They uh, that was really cool. I love the fireworks on this show. That added. A pretty cool touch to the uh, to the show, and something we don't see a lot. I mean, Pyro's kind of out the window; it almost burned down U.S. Bank Arena when I was there one time. So, yeah, that's scary. Uh, Undertaker now one and zero in Saudi Arabia. The streak has begun. Ah. WWE Universal Championship match, steel cage match, Brock Lesnar defeated Roman Reigns to retain his championship in nine minutes. I think it is evident here that Roman Reigns will never get the reaction that you want him to. So you might as well just go back to the drawing board and come up with something compelling for him instead of forcing him to do the same shit you did with Cena for a decade that compromised the quality of a program for the sake of somebody being a babyface. Now, before I get some dumbass tweets about this, am I saying that John Cena wasn't over? No. Am I saying that he didn't have some good matches? No. Am I saying that he didn't have good programs? No. Am I going to say he didn't work as a top guy? No. Am I going to say he's not a mega celebrity? 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. No. However, there were times in WWE where they compromised the quality of their program because they just had to make him the integral figure at the expense of somebody else and at the expense of somebody else trying to force themselves into being a heel. Not everybody wanted to like John Cena. If people want to be have a polarizing reaction to a Roman Reigns, well, then put somebody around him that can also benefit from him. He's getting that polarizing reaction no matter what. You know that, you know it's happening. It is happening. I mean, just go, why not, instead of just worrying about, <laughs> this is what we have to do, why not go for, this is the most interesting thing we can do. This is the most compelling thing that we can do. This is the thing that we can do that the greatest number of people might be interested in. Two German suplexes right away. An F5, but Reigns uh, hits three Superman punches of his own. Reigns uses the cage to counter an F5 to, to try to get out. I thought this was cool. That coward Reigns trying to run away. But no, I like that where he was, where Reigns was up on Lesnar's shoulder, grabs the cage and goes to scale it. Lesnar does too. He looked like frigging King Kong trying to climb a building. He gets power bombed. Samoa Joe looking on ended up all for naught. I thought this was going to end up being a Steve Austin, Undertaker, Sid, Bret Hart situation where Reigns' eventual opponent comes out and helps him. That way he gets a title shot, but that wasn't the case. Three spears, Lesnar kicks out. Reigns asked for the door to be open. I think that was one of the dumbest gags in wrestling. But Heyman slams it in uh, Reigns' face. We get the F5. Doesn't do it. Reigns is still there. I am usually not one to complain about the number of moves done in a match. I'm not, but Brock Lesnar is just a shell of his former self, at least as far as motivation goes. And now Reigns is like playing down to him, playing down to his competition, because I don't care what you all think about Roman Reigns as a character, yada, yada. In the ring, he gets it done. And there are fools that'll say, well, he's carried to it. He's carried to it. You know, I don't care if somebody's carried to it. He's had so many good matches, but that it's it's hard for me to believe that he's been carried to that many good matches. And these matches, this one was fine. I gave it a 6 out of 10, which is fine. But there were just suplex, spear, F5 punch is not a good match anymore. We've seen it a million times now. 
Reigns uh, manages to spear Lesnar when Heyman tosses Lesnar a chair. And then Reigns spears Lesnar through the chair, and they both fall out. Lesnar hits first, but Reigns' feet hit first. But Lesnar gets the win. I mean, Reigns has an argument, but how do you give him a title shot after this? He went on Raw and acted like it was some big misdeed that he was put in a championship match after he lost clean at WrestleMania. He didn't lose his title. He just lost the match. So this was a rematch gifted to him. And he's like, oh, I found out on the internet, man. That'd be like if I logged on to Jimmy Van's Twitter and it said, you know what? I'm giving Sean a raise and I bitched about it. What? No, I mean, I would appreciate him knowing knowing myself first, but am I going to complain about that? No. Reigns landed flat on his head, on his neck, man. That was scary. I hope he's okay. Mm. Unplayed Piano says, is the reason for a steel cage not to escape? Used to be. WWE's always had some wonky rules, though. You know, the, the escape thing is okay to me, but the cage door thing isn't, and they use that as the cheap slam the cage into uh, a person's head spot. And it's it's been overdone. It's been done a million times. It hasn't been done in a while, but, you know, it, we knew it was coming. The greatest Royal Rumble, Braun Strowman wins, last eliminating Big Cass. Let me get the match time for this, because as I went on the air, uh, the match time wasn't given yet. One hour, 17 minutes, 20 seconds. Uh, Daniel Bryan lasted one hour, 16 minutes, five seconds. That is a new record. Hats off to him. Apparently, Mike Kanellis uh, either tied or broke Santino Morella's record. So let's get into it. Let's talk about it. The winner gets a trophy and a championship belt. I just don't see why it was that hard to give the winner a title match on Raw or SmackDown. Come on. Do it. Why not? Is it is it that hard? But then they would have to run back Braun and Brock, and they don't want to do that. Okay. Let the winner pick. Let Braun challenge for the SmackDown title. He and uh, AJ have a barn burner. Whatever. Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler kicked it off. <laughs> Watching this, it made me think that Vince McMahon views Daniel Bryan as like 92-93 Bob Backlund. And if you all remembered how many pointless people there were in the 40-man rumble, Wilson Carr was number three. Hits a swanton bomb and a bow and arrow backbreaker on Ziggler, but gets super kicked, tossed out. Axel has his old music and some clotheslines, but he's tossed out by Mark Henry, who got a great ovation from the crowd. Uh, Daniel Bryan gets hung up in the ropes and... It looked a little nasty. Go back and look at it. But he's screaming in terror. It was quite the sell. Mike Kanellis comes out, main eventing a WWE pay-per-view in front of 50,000. He is tossed in two seconds. I love that he pretended to lock arms with Maria, who wasn't there. Brilliant. Brilliant. A nice touch. Uh, If you were asking who in the shit is Hiroki Sumi, I was asking the same thing. He is a 445-pound sumo wrestler. He and Henry have the... Hey, both guys are overweight, so it's time for a face-off. Face-off. And then Henry eliminates him. Too bad Falaba is under contract because he's actually good. Ziggler and Brian toss out Henry. 
Victor comes out, gets some shine, eliminated by Brian. Kofi Kingston's next, then Tony Neese, then Dash Wilder. Then we get the return of Hornswoggle. He helps eliminate Dash Wilder, then kicks Kofi in the shin and does a Samoan drop. When uh, Swoggle goes up to the top rope, Ziggler super kicks him and Nice finishes him off. Primo is next, then Xavier Woods. Kofi ends up backpacking Xavier Woods on the apron and staves off elimination. But they go to the top rope and then Xavier lays across it. Kofi jumps off onto Ziggler, Primo, and Brian. Tony Nice dances with the New Day and gets eliminated. This was a real stupid ass spot. Like, all right. I see Pro Wrestling Unlimited in the chat. If you all haven't, go check out our friends over at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Uh, You'll see a lot of their videos and our articles at FightfulWrestling.com. They do the Fightful Wrestling Weekly video where they recap that as well. I also talk about that at length on my uh, Fightful Weekly or my Fightful Select show. But uh, go check them out. Subscribe. Leave them some good thumbs up. They're good people. They got a stream coming up soon too. So... Tony Nice. after that, he's he's hitting the bricks. He's he's back, heading back to America. Bo Dallas is next. He and Primo are both eliminated by Kurt Angle, who gets the you suck treatment. He also eliminates Ziggler with a belly-to-belly. Ziggler lasts over 20 minutes. Scott Dawson, uh, Goldust, Connor, they're all, they're all out to the ring. Uh, Elias comes out and starts to sing but sees opportunity and dumps out Connor and the two members of New Day. His awareness on WWE 2K19 better be at a 99. That was brilliant. He just dropped it, went through there, and eliminated them. Incredible. Incredible. So, um... After like I was just I was impressed by that spot. Whoever wrote that did good. Luke Gallows is in, and then uh, we see Angle and Brian going at it, and I just felt, I just felt like it was something special. I felt like, you know, you saw something that was meant to happen. You saw something that just was destined to take place. Daniel Bryan. And Kurt Angle. And when they went at it, they went at it. You can tell that those two had looked forward to this moment for a long time. Brian flipped through a suplex, kicked Angle, but eats an Olympic slam. Elias tosses out Kurt Angle. Elias had a really, really good showing in this this, uh, Royal Rumble for as quick as everything was. I I just thought that they booked him really well. He looked smart. You know, he did get eliminated, but um, it was <laughs> it was the right way to book an Elias who they see as a valuable character, but isn't going to be, like, the top guy. He isn't going to be the guy that, that they put over as top heel, although he could be. I mean, the thing is, I think maybe he's he's liked a little bit too much, but... I think it'll work for him as babyface, too. Former ECW and NWA champion, Rhino, comes out. Drew Gulak. El Hijo del Henry O'Godwin is next, also known as Tucker Knight. Gulak reverses this hanging suplex of Tucker Knight's and applies a rear naked choke, but he gets shucked off the back of Knight and eliminated. Sorry if I was a little slow on uh, (laughs) my review there for a second. 
I was looking up uh, one of the greatest spots in the history of the Royal Rumble, which I will show you all momentarily. Bobby Roode comes out, eliminates Gold Dust. Then he tosses out Dawson too. Fandango enters after, as does Chad Gable. Gable hit an electric chair on Tucker Knight. Man, if you all don't hear my uh, Fightful Weekender podcast on FightfulSelect.com, our premium service brought to you by, he seems like the kind of guy I think Vince McMahon would have really liked in the 80s and 90s, but he doesn't really fit as well today. But this spot was really, really impressive. That Gable did that electric chair. That was so cool. Jesus, man, that was that was something. I'm always impressed by like his his overwhelming strength that he has. He and Cesaro and even even Jordan, which I wonder how much of that will be gone from Jordan given his neck injury. Rey Mysterio comes out looking like he just left a Celtics playoff game or the Spirit Squad. He eliminates Gallows with a Hurricane Rana. Fandango, Gable, and Ray do this incredible spot where Fandango has Ray up for a powerbomb, does like the inverted or the reverse powerbomb deal. Ray lands on Gable, spins around DDTs. Unbelievable spot. I loved it. Mojo Raleigh comes out, eliminates Fandango. Then Tyler Breeze in a real bad comedy spot. Big E enters next. Frisbee some pancakes at Tucker Knight and throws him out after the big ending. Carl Anderson's next, mixes it up with Big E after that. 619 on Rude in time for Apollo Crews to make it 10 guys in the ring at once, at least until he throws out Gable real hard. Hope Gable's okay. Not a lot of people in the ring at the same time during this match. Roderick Strong comes out next, another NXT guy. Insane gut buster he did on Big E. Sends Rhino packing. Then we get the snack, Randy Orton. That RKO on Cruz was scary looking. I don't know exactly what happened there, but it was ugly. I don't know if that's how it was supposed to go down, but I get the feeling it wasn't. Either way, Cruz, Mojo, Carl Anderson, all eliminated by Orton. Heath Slater makes his way out, and then Baba Tunde, an NXT guy who hasn't made his on-screen debut. Papa Tunde ran all the way around Rude to shoulder block him. That was that was weird. Roderick Strong also looked really good in this match. Elias falls outside the ring, and Baron Corbin attacks Elias on his way inside the ring. Uh, sorry to be redundant there. Rude and Strong both eliminated by Corbin. And then we get the greatest moment in the history of professional wrestling. Let's take a look. Courtesy of our friend over at TDE Wrestling. Holy crap. Titus O'Neil. Bro. Now, let's just say that I'm glad Titus is okay. I'm really, really, really glad that Titus O'Neil did not get hurt. Because... One more step, and we're talking like Titus's career might be over. They replayed this thing so goddamn fast. <laughs> Immediately they had it queued up. I'm like, damn, how'd the truck even get that ready that fast? That was in that was incredible. So the thing is. <laughs> Poor Titus, this always happens to him. 
like he botched the spot a few years ago where he's supposed to get eliminated and he just got hung up on the top rope and he falls down a lot and there was the NXT stuff that he was on and it looked real bad. Oh, poor guy. I'm still watching it over here on my monitor to my left. When you hear that commentary, just (laughs) go nuts. Oh, it's great. I cannot wait until all the wrestlers and all the backstage workers get home and I can like start texting people about this because there's no way Vince McMahon wasn't losing his shit over this. You better believe if something gets replayed four times, one of three things is happening. Vince is really trying to hammer home a point. He was really impressed or Vince McMahon, 73 years old is backstage, absolutely losing his shit in glee about it as kyler points out titus is jimmy van's boy your boy jimmy your boy i haven't had to bust that one out in a while oh man it was one of the most wonderful things ever this was better than any of the comedy spots that they tried to do and this wasn't meant to happen Titus O'Neil is a Hall of Famer. However much money the Saudis spent on this show, Titus O'Neil made it worth the entire 10-year contract. Titus O'Neil is going to bring unity to Saudi Arabia. We're going to see women on the next show because I know that the people of Saudi Arabia are going to say, you know what? Everybody deserves to see Titus O'Neil now. Everybody is included now. Greatest Royal Rumble is for everyone. Finn Balor's going to be out there in his rainbow tights. Man, it's going to be great. Titus O'Neil is going to fix the world. And he comes in, and the thing is, you know, I've heard a lot of training stories about Titus O'Neil. Some people said that he doled out his fair share of uh, loopiness in his his days of training. So I can't imagine what a frustrated Titus O'Neil is like to, to work with in the ring, but that couldn't have been fun. What a spot. What a spot. Dan Matha is out next. That is a tough act to follow uh, is Titus O'Neil. Braun at 41, he eliminated or immediately jobs out Baba Tunde and Matha. Matha, Matha, who gives a shit? Big E picks Strowman up. But he's gone. So is Heath Slater, who got caught by like all those guys when Strowman threw him over the top. Everyone gangs up on Strowman, including Ty Dillinger. I was hoping Nicholas would come help Braun, but the ungrateful prick had school or something. Hmm. Braun's okay, though. He eliminated Titus O'Dillinger, is what we'll call that that combination. Tight Titus O'Dillinger does sound like an Irish name. A 619 and RKO hit on Braun, but Corbin punches Ray out of the ring. Then Orton clotheslines Corbin out, only for Elias to show up and dump out Orton. As I said, they made Elias look really, really good and strong in this match. So uh, if you're an Elias fan, you got to be feeling pretty good about that at the very least. Kurt Hawkins is forced in the ring. This was so funny. He ran from the ring, but Braun chased him down and like just slapped him on the back and Hawkins took a full front, like a full face bump. Just hilarious, man. 
Kurt Hawkins is great at his job, at doing what he does. Damn, man. <laughs> Braun attacks Brian outside the ring. Around this time, Brian does surpass Rey Mysterio's record. Bobby Lashley comes out, eliminates Elias, faces off with Braun Strowman. They end up in opposite corners and get the shit kicked out of them by Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan looks like he would rather be nowhere in the world than drop kicking Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. And that I love about him, man. One of the things about Daniel Bryan I really love is like, dude, I get it, man. He's he's all in on wrestling. He's like, you know, I love gardening, but when I'm gardening, I'm thinking about wrestling. And like, dude, I, f- I feel like the same thing. If I'm out for a jog, I'm thinking about wrestling. That's why I love doing my job. So the fact that he's able to go back and do his job the way that he wants to do his job, oh, I'm so happy for that guy. And I'm sure that a lot of you are the same way. You all love wrestling so much that – you're you're doing almost anything, and you're like, man, how could this apply to wrestling? I just love that he's able to do that again. Great Kali out at number 45. Lashley and Strowman eliminate him. Kevin Owens is next. He power bombs Brian. Shane McMahon comes out next. Owens is seething. Brian and Shane use the yes kicks on Owens. Man, does anybody know what happened to Brian's chest? That was nasty. Nasty. Whew. Wonder what I'll have to go back and look. I'll have to go back and look. Shelton Benjamin, number 48. There were eight camera cuts legitimately between Shelton Benjamin's mounted punches to Shane McMahon. Shane almost falls on this coast to coast. He was in the top right corner, Strowman in the, the top left corner, and Shane is up there trying to steady himself. You go over there, and you see Cass like, trying to help steady everything for him as well, and Braun helped him out a lot. Braun leaned forward once he saw uh, Shane McMahon slipping. He leaned forward a little bit to make it easier on Shane because Shane's not getting any younger, but the, the fact that he's able to do that in a 20-by-20 20 20 ring is... It was nothing short of amazing when he did it back in the day, but now in his mid to late 40s, that's that's also crazy. Big cast at number 49, Chris Jericho at number 50, and at this point, Brian had lasted from number one to 50. Jericho and uh, Owen slug it out. I had, I had it listed as Zane in the notes because I'm writing these notes as the show goes on, but it's uh, Owens. Jericho and Owen slugging it out, man. That's good to see. I, I like the little bit of, of continuity. Jericho gets a lion salt. Shelton skins the cat when Jericho tries to eliminate him, but then Jericho hits another code breaker, throws him out. Then a walls of Jericho on Owens. Brian then incapacitates Owens and calls for, um, calls for Shane to do the coast to coast. So Shane goes up there, and Braun emerges from the dead. And just heaves, heaves Shane McMahon out of the ring through the table. Now, i got to look. Did Shane go through the ropes when he did that? Because if if so, you're going to have somebody saying, well, technically, have a lot of people saying, oh, you can't compare 
the Rey Mysterio record, the Daniel Bryan record. But yeah, you can. It's scripted. I don't care how many people are in the damn Royal Rumble. It's a Royal Rumble match. Yes, you can. You can say that Rey Mysterio has the longest record in a 30-man Royal Rumble, but in a Royal Rumble match, Daniel Bryan has the longer uh, longer time. So this, this Shane McMahon spot, great spot would have been greater if the camera didn't shake. God, man, why do they do that? Why do they do that? So dumb. It would have looked way, way better if uh, they, they didn't do that. Incredible spot. I wonder if they, they they never follow up on anything for Braun, and I'll share my thoughts on that momentarily. So I've got some, I got some thoughts on Braun Strowman. So <laughs> Braun eliminates Lashley and Jericho, then Owens. Brian and Strowman are battling it out, but Cass eliminates Brian after one hour, 16 minutes, however long it was. I like that. I think that's good. Brian wasn't going to win it. You don't have to have him go to the last because if it's Brian and Braun and Braun eliminates Brian, no, that's bad. That's bad for Braun. Brian wasn't going to win it. Brian had an awesome showing. One of the best Royal Rumble showings of all time had Brian. He and Cass are in a feud. You got to heat up Cass a little bit. He's just, he's two weeks back. Heat him up. I'm cool with it. Cass tries to put Strowman out, but gets crotched and eliminated. The shriek when Cass gets crotched is hilarious. Strowman wins. Then the guy presenting the belt, I don't know if that was the crown prince, but he like kind of pulls it away. He's like, mine. Strowman says no. More awkwardness. He gets a championship and the trophy. If you watch our post-Raw podcast at Fightful.com, absolutely free, as is all of our news, head over there. We are the leader in crossover sports coverage. You know how fond we are of Braun Strowman, especially my co-host Alex Palowski. We both believe that Braun Strowman is the guy, and I do believe he is. However, I think WWE sees Braun Strowman more as Andre the Giant. That's how I feel. You have him come in. He wins the Battle Royal. He does some incredible things. He can be in high-profile matches. He can be the guy at times, but never seems to be when he should be. I mean, even when Andre won the title in WWF, he immediately sold it to Ted DiBiase. So I think that's the way that they look at Braun Strowman. And Braun is an attraction in my estimation. I think that Braun is a, gosh, how do I put it? An indispensable commodity to WWE. Because it's been a long time for them to get an attraction like that, especially one that they have full time. And I see Brian like that. Jab Wrestling Show says Braun's an attraction. He isn't a main eventer. Squashes and gimmick matches are all he needs now. I disagree. He is a main eventer. If they want him to be, he's a main eventer. Fully. Guys, I hope you all enjoyed this solo review. Kind of a good thing I didn't have anybody else on it because this podcast would have been an hour and a half and I usually keep these to one hour. Of course, I have post-Raw, post-Smackdown shows, post-UFC shows. We have the list in your boy on Wednesday. That's myself, Fightful.com founder Jimmy Van, chopping it up. We have a guest every week. Uh, Also, we have the Holy Smokes MMA podcast on Tuesdays. 
Over at Fightful Select, we have a bunch of exclusive podcasts from retro reviews, non-raw and SmackDown stuff. I give uh, exclusive content uh, over there as well. You know, people saying, why no women? Triple H and Stephanie are at the forefront of the, women, of the women's revolution. They're not at the forefront of Saudi Arabian politics. That's why there aren't any women. There will be women there by the time this contract is up. Guarantee it. So we'll see. I, you know, this was a harmless show in my estimation. It was a house show with fireworks. That's what we got. That's what we got. Please, guys, visit Fightful.com. We have all your pro wrestling news. We do things a little differently there. Uh, There are a lot of smaller stories that get like get jammed into a bunch of little articles elsewhere. We put those into fight size updates at the beginning and end of the day, at 9 a.m., 6 p.m. That way you aren't clicking on a million different things. Of course, your clicks help keep us in business. We're not trying to insult your intelligence by saying, like posting some headline and being like, oh, and then it's like a two-second clip. We ain't doing that to you. We got fight size updates, plus all of your news match announcements, results, live coverage, anything you can ask for in a pro wrestling site or an MMA site or a boxing site, we have at Fightful.com. If MMA and boxing aren't your thing, just head over to FightfulWrestling.com. We're working really, really, really hard on this. We are still under two years in, and dare I say there are maybe only two other websites on the internet that break as much news as we do, Um, maybe three. I take great pride in that. I take great pride in our accuracy in what I report and confirming things. Uh, you, you're not going to see very often somebody quote tweeting one of my stories and saying that's BS and it be a wrestler or somebody involved in it. I, I really, really follow up on this stuff because I'm trying to help, trying to help uh, push forward journalism in pro wrestling. And I do it for myself, my, my credibility, and I do it for your all's enjoyment. So I want to thank you guys for coming and hopefully enjoying this podcast with me. It means a ton that you all sat here and chatted with me for a solid hour. Guys, thank you all so much. Leave a thumbs up. Leave a comment. Let us know what you thought of the show. I want to know your favorite, your least favorite things on this show. Comment below on YouTube. We have Stitcher, iTunes, Player FM, all that good stuff. Until next time, guys, we are out.